Welcome to Straight Guy Queer Eye. I'm your host, Paul Yen. This is episode number 17. We always start off with an important ethics statement. I want to acknowledge that being straight gives me privileges that the queer community does not get. I know that I will never fully understand the trauma, the drama, and all the other homophobic nonsense that queer folks deal with on a day-to-day basis. I am not an expert in queer culture. I'm also not a therapist, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, or a doctor. As host of the Straight Guy Queer Eye podcast, I'm here to introduce people to shows that I love. More importantly, I'm here to listen and to learn about the queer community, and I hope to pass that knowledge on to like-minded people who want to make a difference in the queer community, their own community, and especially in their own lives. Only four queens remain. Pandora was sent home last week. Pandora's parting lipstick message was... Lick this box, bitch, with two X's. In the workroom, while the queens are taking in how empty the room is now, down from 12 queens to four, Raven reiterates that she doesn't think Pandora is a star. And in the interview or talking head portion, Tatiana says she doesn't care what Raven thinks, that she doesn't think Raven is a star. See, it's all subjective. And again, I disagree with Raven. Pandora may not be a frosty queen like Raven or as charismatic as Raven or some of the other queens, but that doesn't mean anything. There are countless stories of guys and gals like Harrison Ford, Oprah Winfrey, Hugh Jackman, Madonna. The list goes on and on and on and on about producers or casting directors or directors or friends or other actors or this critic or that critic saying that they don't have it or that they will never be a star. And look at them now. Anyways, Raven asks Jujubee if she talks to her drag mother more than her own mother, and Jujubee reveals that she doesn't speak to her mother at all anymore because after her dad passed away, Jujubee's mom met someone else within two years and ditched uh, Jujubee and uh, her siblings and left them all on their own. The mini challenge for today is the queens are going to get identical outfits and they're going to be given 30 minutes to style and accessorize the outfits however they see fit. There's no cutting or gluing allowed. Then Rue will come back and decide which queen wore it best. The dress that the queens have to work with is a short one-piece black dress. It's got short sleeves and a loose pleated short skirt. Along with the dresses, the pit crew brings out a bunch of random accessories like belts, necklaces, bracelets, rings, you name it. Um, 15 seasons in now, and I'm so used to these types of challenges, but this might be the first time we've seen this on RuPaul's Drag Race so far. And if you don't already know or can't tell, these challenges are not meant to get the queens into full drag in 30 minutes. I don't even think that's possible. It's to see who can be the most creative, innovative, smart, stylish, and sometimes fun or funny, depending on the challenge. Often they've got wigs on, but they've still got their facial hair. Um, maybe sometimes they've got light makeup. They basically look like what you would think of when you think of a frat boy with a wig and a dress on for Halloween. Raven, of course, grabs all the black accessories, so black wig, black necklaces, black bracelets, black rings, black purse, and for her outfit, she brought in her own scrunched black boots. Rue asked her if she was a spy, and Raven said she was going for a bit of a dark sophistication, sort of last year's Rihanna. But since it's 2023 now, she's talking about 2009 Rihanna. 
Jujubee is the only one to put on some simple makeup like lipstick and some eyeshadow, which the other queens read her for because at this point this hadn't been done before, so they felt like she was wasting her time. She also, uh, you know, on top of her dress, she put on some black leggings too. She was able to even put on some padding. Rue was impressed that she went, quote, full drag and said the leggings elongated her. Tatiana chose purple and bluish accessories and wore silver heels because she wanted to give a little sparkle down south. Tyra thinks Tatiana over-accessorized, while Raven said she looked like a 99-cent store mess. Tyra, um, her outfit was super simple, no makeup. She had on a bunch of silver necklaces, fishnet stockings, black heels, and she made her own black clutch purse. Uh, For my guys and gals out there who don't know, it's a strapless purse. Rue said she decided to go classy lady and that it was elegant. Rue called it ladies who lunch from the funeral to the wake to the after party, then on to the club. And Tyra finished with to pick up the children and then go home. And the winner of the mini challenge was, or who wore it best was, Tyra Sanchez. On to the Maxi Challenge. All the queens have been nominated for the first annual Diva Award. According to Rue, the Diva Awards are the queen's chance to show some awards show realness. The queens will have to put together three different outfits for three different Diva Awards ceremonies. First, Teen Diva Awards, where they'll have to dress up as a hot teen queen using clothes provided by the House of Infinite Radness. I don't often mention who provides clothing when it's provided. But I just thought that was rad. Man, dude. (laughs) Second, Diva DC Press Awards. Excuse me. Where the queens will be presenting executive realness. Washington DC style. And then third was the Diva Hollywood Extravaganza Awards. Where the queens will be expected to gag the judges with their glamour and eleganza. In the workroom, Tyra saw a lime green piece of fur. So she started to grab all the fur that she could grab. When her outfit was being sewed and coming together and cut and all that stuff, Raven says all she saw was fuzz flying all over the place and it looked like Tyra skinned all of the Muppets. I thought that was a hilarious description of what Raven saw. As Rue is walking through the workroom, he playfully warns Tyra that the fuzz is flying all around and making her face itchy and that she'd better consider that while she's walking the red carpet. Half the time when Rue gives advice, it's in fun or in jest, but sometimes it's not. It's, it's a fine line. We learn that it's been nine weeks since Tyra has seen her son, Jeremiah, and that she will be missing his first day of preschool. Though she misses him, she feels that her being here on RuPaul's Drag Race is a chance to give Jeremiah a better life. Raven and Jujubee are rooting for each other to make it into the top three, so they're kind of helping each other out with this challenge. Uh, When Rue visits Raven, Raven is deciding between three different executive realness looks, and Rue tells her that everything she's learned about drag about herself up until this moment, as in Raven, Raven's going to have to put into this challenge. When Rue stops by to see Jujubee, Juju is working on her Hollywood extravaganza outfit, and Rue points out that it's still a little understated, which I would even argue is an understatement. But Rue asks what Jujubee is going to do to juju it up. Pun of the week to Rue. Zhuzh it up. Juju it up. I love me some puns. Anyway, Jujubee says she's going to do exactly that. Juju it up. 
And all Rue leaves Jujubee with is that the stakes are high and reminds Jujubee to keep working it. Tatiana is shown contemplating life or what she's going to do and admits that she's never made an award-style gown before, but it's attempting to make an expensive-looking outfit with three pieces of fabric and hot glue. Rue swings by to check in on Tatiana and thinks that her Hollywood extravaganza outfit, which has a silver poofy thing coming out of her chest, is her teen diva outfit. So Rue thinks that her Hollywood outfit is the teen outfit. When Tatiana tells her it's actually her Hollywood extravaganza outfit, Rue asks Tatiana what she thinks Santino will say about it. Tatiana just says she's never worn anything like this before, basically that she's not worried about it. And Rue reminds her that she's going to be under triple scrutiny because of the three outfits while Tatiana thinks it's three chances to impress the judges. So Rue wishes her luck and reminds her that the other queens are coming for her. After Rue is done checking in on all the queens, Rue reveals the twist. The four queens will have to perform a Diva Awards opening number. The song and their outfits have been chosen, but... The queens will have to work together on the choreography. And because Tyra won the mini challenge, she's going to be in charge of the opening number. This is going to be tough because Tyra, Jujubee, and Raven all get along, while only Jujubee gets along with Tatiana. Raven and Tatiana do not like each other, and Tyra and Tatiana have definitely had their share of differences. During the choreography, there isn't really much to report, The queens walk onto the stage, and the only thing that's there are the individual letters that make up the word diva. So D-I-V-A, all in big separate letters. It's there, and I guess the queens could use it during their dance number if they choose to. Tyra was in charge, but it looked like Raven, Tatiana, and Jujubee were trying to figure it out for Tyra, which is uh, nothing new. They ended the segment, and it looked like they didn't have anything to show for it. Next day in the workroom, quick note, it looks like Tyra decided to ditch her Muppet murder dress because she said she didn't like it and has to figure something out. But how is she going to make a new look on the day of the eliminations? They don't really show it. Back in the workroom, this is it before the final three are chosen. The queens are all discussing wins and why they each deserve to be in the top three when Raven asks who they all think the top three will be. Juju says herself, Tatiana says herself, and Tyra says herself. Raven wasn't having it. She says they gotta name all three. Jujubee tells Raven to go first, and Raven quickly chooses herself, Jujubee, and Tyra. Raven asks Tatiana, and Tatiana says herself, and that's all she has to say on that matter. Tyra says herself, Jujubee, and Raven. And Jujubee, surprisingly, who's often very outspoken, so I'm I'm guessing she's really honest about this. She apologizes to Tatiana and says herself, Raven, and Tyra. I gotta say, it's a bit unfair, because at this point, Raven's got two wins, Tyra's got two wins, Tatiana's got one win, and Jujubee's got zero wins. So based on wins, it should be Raven, Tyra, and Tatiana. But because Raven really doesn't like Tatiana, she discounts her, I think it may be because Raven actually feels threatened by Tatiana in terms of her beauty. We'll never know. And don't get me wrong, I I love me some Jujubee, but I just think it wasn't fair for all of them to kind of gang up on Tatiana when she deserved a lot of credit too, because she did have a win. Runway category is Diva Awards. Judges are Merle Ginsburg and Santino Rice. 
Extra special guest judges are Tony Award winner Marissa Jarrett Winokur from Hairspray and Tatum O'Neill, who is the youngest winner of an Oscar award at the age of 10 for her role in the movie Paper Moon. That record still stands to this day. Drop in some Academy Award knowledge for y'all. The show-stopping number that the queens had to choreograph themselves went pretty well. It's a lip sync about divas, so the queens walk out holding one of the letters. So each, you know, so Tyra holds D, Raven holds I, Tatiana holds V, and Jujubee uh, holds the A. The fun part of the whole thing was that they start off the song working together, but by mid-song through till the end, they start trying to one-up each other and, um, you know, so that they could stand out and by the end are back in sync and finish with diva spelled out vertically. At one point, Juju B started to get out of sync with the other queens, but finds her way back. Overall, the dance number was fun and got laughs from RuPaul, which is always important. So for the Teen Diva Awards, Tatiana walked the runway with a tight, vertically striped zebra print mini dress. I know that's a mouthful. She had on a diamond headband and silver pumps and looked beautiful as usual. The judges didn't really say anything about her Teen Diva outfit. Raven for the Teen Diva Awards came out looking like a very sexy toned down Cindy Lauper in a pink short ballerina dress with pink leggings and pink heels and red hair. Jujubee came onto the stage with um, Mary J. Blige vibes, wearing a hooded black top and sequin tight pants and sequin black boots wrapped in gold belts. Tyra had on a deep purple short dress and purple sequined heels. Very simple and effective. It it actually might not have been sequined heels, but I couldn't tell what the material on it was. Santino said she was impressive this week and that she knows how to wear clothes. Marissa Jarrett Winokur said it was her favorite teen outfit because her dress was exactly right and her hair was editorial. I'm going to butcher describing this to you, the hair, but it was like an Afro faux hawk. It looked really cool, like very high fashion. My favorite of this bunch was Raven because, you know, as y'all should already know, I love me some Cindy Lauper, um, but the judges seem to really like Tyra's. My least favorite outfit was Jujubee's. For the Diva DC Press Awards look, Tatiana had on a black miniskirt, a sleeveless ruffled blouse, and some glasses to add some sophistication. Rue asked if she intentionally went for a Sarah Palin look, ew, to which she said she likes her hair. Reminder, Sarah Palin was John McCain's VP in 2008 when he was running for President of the United States, and though she was considered quite kooky at the time, Sarah Palin that is, She's nowhere as kooky as the likes of today's MAGA minions who shall not be named. For the Diva DC Press Awards, Raven wore a black miniskirt, a tight black blouse covered with a black blazer, and some glasses to add some sophistication. Santino loved the severe four-star general vibes that Raven gave off. Jujubee strutted down the runway in gray pinstripe slacks and a gold or maybe bronze short sleeve blouse and glasses to add some sophistication. Tyra came out in all black and had on some loose black slacks, a sleeveless blouse with ruffles around the neck. This is her first time in pants in the competition. And she did not have glasses on, so she wasn't sophisticated. My top pick for this look was Raven. Uh, My bottom pick was Tyra. I want to say Tyra looks better in dresses. Now for the Hollywood Diva Extravaganza Awards. Tatiana, I wouldn't say her outfit was Hollywood red carpet worthy. It looked like a lavender miniskirt 
uh, with a black sheer mini dress placed over it with a with a sheer black train. She looked beautiful, of course, but in terms of wow factor, I'm not sure it was enough. Santino didn't like the silver ruffles that were coming out of her top and said it was just too bulky. Raven, uh, she had on a long black tight sleeveless sheer gown with beads or sequins that covered up her chest and bikini area. When I think of red carpet, at least for 2010, this is pretty spot on. Rue loved Raven's dress. Jujubee uh, wore a long, tight, strapless gown and had a sheer red shawl that she wore over her head. Very Bollywood vibes to it. Marissa Jarrett Winokur said her outfit didn't look like something anyone would wear on the red carpet and that it looked more like a costume. Uh, that's pretty rough. Tyra looked great in a sleeveless white gown that had a pleated flare midway down her thighs and what looked like crystallized sprinkles on the top portion. It was really beautiful. Rue gave Tyra a quote-unquote standing ovation, she didn't actually stand, for being able to keep this dress until near the end of the competition. My top pick for the Hollywood diva extravaganza look was easily Tyra Sanchez. So the divas are supposed to give speeches. They're called diva speeches. So for each queen, Rue announced that they won the diva award. Tatiana, she made sure to thank the judges and most importantly, her mom. She made a semi-joke about how without her mom, there'd be no Tatiana, as in a beautiful woman. And although that's true, her speech was a bit too short. Rue then announces that Raven won the diva award. First thing she did was act surprised and like she couldn't believe that it was her that won. The judges ate it all up. They loved it. She continued with the emotional shtick. She thanked God, RuPaul, and her fans, and that was it. So it was even shorter than Tatiana's. So credit for the faux surprise, zero credit from me for how short it was. Okay, so there's a theme here because it seems like all the queens had very short speeches. So maybe that was a requirement. Anyways, when Rue announces that Jujubee uh, was the winner of the Diva Awards, she also acts surprised. Though I think Raven stole the thunder from that already. Jujubee thanked the judges, her creator Jesus, her father, and said that her mom and her would be reunited one day. And that was it. Tatum O'Neill told Jujubee that she appreciated Jujubee having the presence of mind to thank her mom, even though they no longer had a relationship. When Rue announces that Tyra won the Diva Awards, her response was, Wow, I, I didn't even know I was nominated, to which the judges broke out into laughter as well. I laugh because it's such a ditzy and diva-ish response. Then she has a short but sweet dedication to her son and ends it with, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Merle said it was her favorite speech and that Tyra has grown a lot. Because remember at one point, Merle was ready to send Tyra home for being too much of a diva. I personally also think that Tyra did the best for the speech. Spoiler alert! If you have not watched this episode and don't want to know who wins and who goes home, I suggest you stop here. The safe queen is... Raven. She thinks she should have won, and even though I thought there were some challenges that she should have won which would have brought her more than two wins, I disagree with her on this one. So the winner of the week was Tyra Sanchez. Absolutely deserved this win. Her Hollywood diva extravaganza outfit made it official. Her speech was touching. Her teen outfit was cute. It was only her DC outfit that was bleh. So congrats to Tyra Sanchez on her third win. But that, of course, means that the two bottom queens are Jujubee and Tatiana. 
They lip-sync to Something He Can Feel by Aretha Franklin. It's a very slow and seductive song, and again, there was no splits or anything exciting. When all was said and done, Shantae, Juju B stays, and Tatiana sashayed away. I'm sure to Raven's delight. Juju B definitely brought the essence of the song more so than Tatiana because Tatiana even admitted that it was a tough song for her to lip sync to because of Aretha Franklin's skill as a singer. And that's it for this episode. These are the things that stood out to me. When Rue is going around checking in on the girls in the workroom, but more specifically when Rue stops by to talk to Tatiana, I totally understand that we have to believe in ourselves and we have to stick to our guns. But I can't help but think that it's such a fine balance. Because on the one hand, you've got your style, you've got your taste, your vision for yourself. You know yourself better than anyone else. But on the other hand, you've got the queen of all queens in Rue giving you advice. So sometimes you definitely need to heed Rue's advice. And sometimes you have to go with your gut instinct. I know it's not easy because in the 15 seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race that I've watched so far... There have been instances where queens totally screwed up by not listening to Rue, while there have also been times where queens excelled because they didn't heed Rue's advice. There's no real answer or anything that I'm trying to solve or figure out here. I'm just, I'm just acknowledging how difficult it is in anything that we do. At what point is it our pride that's getting in the way of listening to people who are versed in what they say and do, And at what point do we trust our own instincts despite the expertise coming from a mentor or someone we look up to? Maybe trying to find a way to honor both our instincts and what is suggested to us could work if it's an option. I'm just saying life is full of hard-ass choices and, and sometimes, you know, it's good to follow your gut. Sometimes it's not. I'd like to give Tyra Sanchez a shout. I don't know the history of Tyra's life prior to RuPaul, What I do know is that she had a son, and at the time, she tried to raise that son to the best of her abilities. She was probably also going through her own personal drama as a gay black man. Is she perfect? No. Is anyone perfect? No. This idea from homophobes that gay people shouldn't have the right to adopt or raise children is asinine. In this day and age where the world is overpopulated and there are children out there who need strong and supportive parents, their sexual orientation shouldn't matter. What should matter is whether they have the ability and the means to do so. Because if the argument is that a gay person shouldn't be allowed to raise kids because of the quote-unquote potential harm, I've got news for you. Just this past week or so, a straight Mormon woman named Ruby Frank, who's a YouTuber, was arrested on child abuse charges. Does that mean straight people shouldn't have or adopt children? Of course not. Does that mean Mormon folks shouldn't have children? Of course not. Does that mean YouTubers shouldn't have children? That's ridiculous. So we shouldn't determine whether someone should be able to raise children based on their sexual orientation. So kudos to Tyra Sanchez for wanting to take responsibility for her son and wanting to be a part of his life. In this same episode, we learn that Jujubee's mom abandoned her and her siblings. I'd like to take a moment to shout out the strength it must have taken for Jujubee to, to stay around and take care of her siblings. I don't know her personal experiences, obviously, but try to imagine that for yourself. Jujubee just lost her father, and shortly after, her mom is no longer in the picture. Not to mention that as a gay Asian man, Jujubee was likely also going through her own shit at the time. 
yet she found a way to take care of her siblings, deal with her own personal experiences as a gay Asian man, and find her way to drag, and probably dealt with crap for doing that too. Then she got onto RuPaul's Drag Race and is now a name in the drag world. We should ask ourselves what we're willing to do against all the odds. The judges credited Jujubee for showing love to her mom in her diva acceptance speech, even though they don't have a relationship anymore. And Jujubee acknowledged that her mother put her here on earth. And I just want to acknowledge that that takes a lot from a person. That's big of her, because for some people, they'd hold a grudge and never want to see that parent ever again. To me, it shows that Jujubee is understanding and compassionate, egoless to a certain extent. I would even argue that she is emotionally intelligent because she understands that if her mom ever came back around and they made up, not only would it set an example for her siblings, but it could also help them get closure on any emotional trauma that they may have been going through from being abandoned by their mom to begin with. Rue even says that Jujubee has an intellect that is beyond any of the other girls in the room. Tyra going through changes, and now it could be in the editing, as in they could have, you know, left in the the diva-ness of her or her diva attitude in the beginning of the show and then in the second half left it all out. But just like Merle said, Tyra changed a lot after Tatiana and the other queens all called Tyra out for being a diva and for lacking manners. Throughout the season, Tyra kept saying that she's been working on herself for a long time, and I can really respect that. Because I've gone through uh, a similar experience. We all do. Although my experiences are nothing like Tyra's, I'm still a different person than I was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, I mean, hell, five years ago. Maybe that's an obvious thing, but at the same time, I don't think it is. I've got friends who, for one reason or another, are still stuck in their ways. Their toxic mindsets, their refusal to grow as men and women, their refusal to accept their part in whatever trouble they're going through. It's not easy, but it takes a lot of self-reflection, like the chapter in Raven's autobiography concept about two episodes ago, LTR is what she called it, long-term relationship with yourself. And if we're not willing to do that on a daily basis to have this relationship with ourselves, to constantly look at ourselves and take responsibility for our actions, then we can't grow. So I wanted to shout out Tyra for trying to grow, at least during the season. A quick note, I recently had my wisdom teeth taken out within the past week or so, and as this episode was recorded prior to having them taken out, next week may be a break for me, but I will try my best to get episode 18 out on time for y'all. Thanks for listening. If you've been listening and enjoy Straight Guy Queer Eye, or even if you're completely new to the podcast, please subscribe, share it with five people you know, give it a rating on your podcast app. You can follow Straight Guy Queer Eye on Instagram at SGQE Podcast. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at Hello Paul Yen. I'd love to hear from you, so please send comments, suggestions, and feedback to SGQEPodcast at gmail.com. And remember, be human, be kind. <laughs>